Welcome to the Student Affairs Spectacular, the weekly podcast giving you a front row seat to the greatest student affairs show on earth. And now your ringmasters, Tom Kriegelstein and Dustin Ramsdell. Hey, 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 welcome to this episode of the Student Affairs Spectacular podcast. Dustin here, and this is episode number 84 with the one and only Ruben Pressman, uh, who is the founder and CEO of Check I'm Here, a super cool student engagement app uh, based out of Florida. Uh, took some time a little bit ago to talk to Ruben uh, about the work that he does and his philosophy uh, surrounding student engagement. And um, yeah, we just get into some very interesting stuff. We talk about uh, science of the brain and things like that. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just a lot of great stuff. Some good resources shared down in the show notes. So um, to get to know Ruben better, uh, and to engage with all the, the cool stuff we talk about, definitely check out the uh, full show notes uh, for this episode. And just really appreciate uh, Ruben making some time for the podcast. He was a really cool guest. So um, as always, uh, we will have a quick word about our super cool sponsors. And then we will jump into this episode number 84 with Ruben Pressman. All right. And before we get into the episode, I want to give a quick shout out to our sponsor, the National Center for Student Life, which hosts the National Conference on Student Leadership coming up next November 19th to the 22nd in Washington, D.C. Since 1978, NCSL has trained thousands of students and advisors in heart-centered, values-based leadership skills designed to help drive transformative change within the individual. And I've personally spoken at NCSL for the past five years, and I've seen firsthand how the NCSL conference helps students and advisors apply learning to address real challenges both on their campus and in their community through the NCSL Call to Action program. NCSL truly brings together the country's best leadership presenters into one place to give both the students and advisors a life-changing experience. And I'm always, I'm always blown away at the level of value received from their conferences. Also, I should note that NCSL was the first to offer students the opportunity to earn a digital badge to document their leadership development. So if you're looking for a national leadership conference to attend, I highly, I can't highly more recommend checking out NCSL at nationalcenterforstudentlife.com. That's nationalcenterforstudentlife.com. With that, let's get this show on the road. All right. So we are good to go. Um, So yeah, I appreciate you uh, taking some time out, Ruben, to uh, chat about stuff. This is a it uh, should be a really interesting episode just to get your insights and some of this uh, student engagement stuff. And yeah, just appreciate you uh, taking the time out. Yeah, of course. Thanks uh, for the opportunity, Dustin. Happy to be here. Um, so yeah, so we'll just start out as we always do, just kind of give everybody an introduction of who you are and how you got to be where you are today. Sure. So uh, my name is Ruben Pressman. I'm the founder and CEO of Check I'm Here. And we're what we call the complete campus engagement platform. And we take a focus on getting more students involved, uh, helping assess what's working and not to make better decisions, allocate funding, and uh, take a focus on retention. Um, And we do all that through a data approach and helping collect, structure, and analyze the data around what students are doing on campus. Nice. And and how did that kind of come to be for you? Like, what's the history of Check I'm Here? What was your inspiration to start this endeavor? Sure. So um, I've always been a huge fan of technology. I started programming since I was 10 years old. um, And I've always uh, kind of been entrepreneurial and kind of had some type of company I was running on the side while going to school. Um, But I was very involved with student government in my undergrad. 
then started as director of marketing and worked my way up to vice president uh, and had some very unique opportunities, uh, one including designing and being able to redo mostly every process on the student government side of things. And we had, uh, we, I went to USF St. Pete, so our student government had um, a pretty strong say in what goes on and we had a $2.4 million budget for just uh, four to about 5,000 students. So we had some really cool opportunities to work with that. Um, I also started four different organizations while I was there. I sat on just about every campus board I could have, still do. Um, and I even had the unique opportunity to lobby in Tallahassee um, for our $30 million student center uh, and even worked in enrollment and marketing as a student affairs pro for a year. Um, so all of that kind of combined with the entrepreneurial and the technology and my passion for the experiences I had um, in student government and seeing the experiences everybody else had and the, and the different style of learning they got and the applicable skills, you know, things like creativity and critical thinking and project management and leadership skills that I saw myself and other students getting through these experiences made myself and a lot of other peers passionate about getting more students involved and the impact that has for the overall institution and the students themselves. Nice. Yeah. And, well, and I guess, was it like, kind of, was there like any kind of serendipity or like a kind of a divine intervention sort of moment where like it all kind of came together? It was like, all right, well, this is what I got to do. I got to you know, <laughs> work to like make this app a thing and like really invest into it and put a lot of energy into it. Like, did you see like specific issues that you're like, I, you know, you just kind of were, you know, fed up with or something that you're like, all right, mm -hmm. I'm going to solve that with, you know, the tools that I have at my disposal. Like what was... Sure. I guess that process and maybe just like what, what you see is some of the, the issues that you hope that your app can solve. Yeah, definitely. So um, it really started when I was in student government. I felt there was, uh, you know, when, when we come to marketing to get students involved and reaching those students and, you know, battling some of the apathy that's there, um, as well as um, some of the higher, you know, back end uh, school stuff, you know, the retention and everything else that student involvement plays a big role on the assessment um, so like the marketing was big for student government, but the other was, um, uh, allocating funding, that large budget and the, um, you know, the range of experience in student government. We had a three branch system. It was a full executive branch. Everyone was paid. There was a Senate of 30 members and a judicial branch that helped when no one could get along. And, uh, you know, that, that budget time took, took months and months and months. And then there's just constant, you know, requests for money. So, what I realized is that data and the lack of it is really what could solve the issues of both marketing and you know funding allocation and everything else pretty early on and realized it needed to be done in a way that didn't change behaviors um, and made it really easy to collect that. So the card swipe thing was something that was really the foundation of what we had. Um, and it wasn't until I graduated that I realized that the technology that Square has used and made so easy was something that we could kind of not steal, but you know, copy uh, mm -hmm. and use the same way. So being able to swipe on mobile devices, giving the card readers away for free, and making it really accessible to collect that data because we found that was really the foundation that created all the rest of the problems. And then from there, we could build anything really wanted on top of that to solve other problems. Um, so. You know, it really came down to just breaking it down to that. And I actually pitched the idea. Uh, I was an entrepreneurship major and had some opportunities to pitch to investors and panels. So Kevin Harrington was one of them. He's one of the sharks on Shark Tank and a couple other investors on stage in front of a few hundred. 
and pitched this idea in the very early stages and won that competition, which kind of gave the initial validation that you know, other people outside of the industry can understand what we're trying to do and think it's valuable. And that's the one I went with as I graduated and you know, started to tackle uh, building it into something bigger where we could help you know, hundreds of institutions around the world uh, solve some of these problems. Yeah, that's incredible. I mean, just so many things of that story. Just I almost want to, like <laughs> divert into like how you're saying into like, this like full like legislative body. Of, you know, it was like you know allocating this huge budget and stuff like that's almost like a whole episode or like a whole like TV series or something of like student government and like doing all that stuff. That's it's really incredible. Like and you're how they're they're paid and stuff. So I feel like like the students would be so much more engaged in that process of like you know like you said like it, it's. A very uh you know kind of competitive process of like where's the money going for you know what reason and purpose and all that kind of sure. stuff and um certainly uh, assessment giving data and backing and uh you know kind of all that it's like facts and figures and stuff certainly helps uh, everybody make better decisions of uh what needs to be done and stuff and um yeah i mean it definitely here here i guess this is sort of like it's a very broad question and i'll be interested to hear what you think <laughs> so you know, you, you have these issues that you're hoping to solve and like, you know, just sort of a campus student engagement app is like the simplest way to kind of explain what Check I'm Here is. So, you know, a campus, you know, integrates this app in and, uh, you know, is working towards their different goals and stuff. I guess for, from your perspective, I guess, and how maybe you're you're pitching it of like sort of the the perfect version of, you know, student engagement. What does that look like to you when it's sort of an actualized reality um, however you kind of want to take that, like what does student engagement look like to you? Sure. Well, um, I would definitely say that student engagement means that there's probably something for everyone. There's such a wide range of types of students and places they're from and things they think about and care about that I think like the complete student engagement and being able to say that you engage students means that you're reaching every type and have something for everyone. Um, and it also becomes a larger part of the overall campus culture. Um, you know, taking something like academics and other departments and making sure there's more collaboration there and, and actual deliberate collaboration um, and ways of, of not just saying, oh, this works and let's put this together, but actual ways of saying, you know, let's develop something where everybody plays a hand in this learning outcome or this experience um, and make sure that everywhere a student goes, they're getting hit by that in a different way. And I think that creates more programs that are actually co-curricular. Um, and I think those partnerships are what creates a more holistic student experience. And that's when you start to see student affairs not just complement but play a much larger role with everybody else on campus in the overall learning and starts to differentiate institutions and prepare students much more for the workforce or whatever they're trying to do as they graduate. Hmm. Yeah. And I really like that idea of like kind of uh, the something for everybody kind of thing is that it isn't just trying to kind of put kind of like a cookie cutter kind of experience on every single student that they all do this, you know, the same things. And sure. Um, Cause I know like, so my you know favorite experiences like especially when I just started college and it sort of led me to other stuff was like a video game club that they would just meet like every week and it would just get a bunch of people together and play video games so that was like a nice little community for me to be like okay like I, I like it here there's people that are into the things that I'm into and that led sure. me to like you know put on video game programs at my residence hall like my RA was like hey you have like you know this is sort of my my uh, you know kind of 
basic story of how I got into student affairs. But like, you know, being in the video game club and, you know, kind of having that be a thing that I was really involved with my RE was like, you know, hey, bring your rock band stuff so we can have like a program for our floor. And then like, she was like, oh, you should be an RA. And like, and just kind of like tap my shoulder for that. And that sort of led me down the path. Like that, you know, like that kind of unique thing, like is it's not for everybody, but it was for me and it really helped me out and it was great. And, you know, making sure more students know about that kind of thing and know about the events that like a video game club might do through, you know, a student engagement app, like check I'm here. So, um, yeah, because again, that, yeah, like it all counts and it all will lead towards, yeah, like whatever goal the student has for, you know, when they graduate and stuff. And um, and even that, you know, something like video games is something that um, most people might, you know, just be like, oh, it's just like a fun thing people do for a hobby. But you look at that, it's one of the biggest industries that exists, you know, in the country is oh, video yeah. games. They have, you know, <laughs> massive channels of tens of millions of people that just watch other people play video games with things like Twitch, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but even just participating in that activity on campus, you're, you got experience in marketing, in project management, in, in leading event management. Um, there were a lot of things that I think are, are, are often overlooked by the students themselves, the employers, the student affairs staff, and the overall institution that, you know, they group these clubs into social, but, you know, there's a lot of real-world experiences, even, at a, even though they might be at a smaller scale, um, that everybody gets experience with and can use that even subconsciously when they're, you know, in the workforce or um, with their, you know, their relationships or family or anything in the real world. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, and I mean, it's the idea is that like, yeah, if, uh, you know, institutions sort of just write off some of those clubs. It's like, no, like really like, you know, bring them into the fold, celebrate them, like give them the platforms to reach more students and give them, you know, the resources and all that kind of stuff. And like, uh yeah, because it's really going to be impactful because, yeah, I think they might have ideas because I know actually like I uh, in a very like poetic moment, I guess, or I don't know what sort of metaphor to use. But um, here at the institution I'm at now that I'm working at as a professional, uh, the video game club, like sort of like I got on their radar just because I was like trying to collaborate with them for programs and stuff. And then they needed a new advisor recently. And uh, now I'm helping them out. And just like this, awesome. yeah, yeah, like it's, it, I was just like so smitten that they were like, they would ask <laughs> me. I was very happy about that. Um, but yeah, like they have like neat ideas of like, you know, creating like an esports team of, you know, college yep. students that, yeah, like, you know, that, that could be, you know, a thing that they do for, uh, for for money and as like a job or something, I guess. But also, again, it just is like the community and I think the confidence that like they're putting on these tournaments and setting up these, uh, you know, uh, opportunities to be a part of these like legit esport teams and stuff and um, setting up trips to uh, go to different you know, like uh, conventions and conferences and stuff. And um, yeah, I think they're, you know, they're doing real experience or doing things that'll get them uh, kind of really good experiences and skills and stuff. And definitely, um, I think sometimes, yeah. And I, th- I guess part of like, you know, what different tools are at our disposal is like tracking that stuff or logging it, you know, just being more mindful of what's going on, who, you know, what clubs are doing what and how effective they are and how we could better support them and stuff. So absolutely. I mean, you know, I took classes and I've taught classes on creativity and business, right? So, you know, games are very well known as a very, you know, a, a very effective problem solving tool. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's shown that, you know, kids are of any age that play so many hours of video games are so much better um, at solving any types of problems because that's all a game is. It's, you know, whether it's a video game or a puzzle or any type of you know, problem, um, those experiences definitely play a big role in the real world. And, uh, you know, for example, you know, we could have easily 
uh, collaborated with the class I have uh, for creativity and business and related that and you know had some game playing and and required students to participate in that organization to get experiences and problem solving in different ways and vice versa and I think you know that's just a quick example of how any type of skill or organization or activity can be used and creativity and problem solving is an interesting one uh, IBM did a survey back in 2012 of 1800 CEOs in 60 different countries and they found that creativity by far was the number one skill that they wanted when hiring and building their workforce. Um, so that was something that was uh, very kind of validating and, and good to hear. In that it's not a you know, it's not a great it's not an academic skill it's a soft skill like creativity that you rarely learn in the classroom. You you much more often learn that through some type of co curricular activity on campus. And you know, video games is a perfect one. Yeah, and yeah, and, and like uh, something I've kind of taken to heart too is that like. Um, I never used to think of myself as creative kind of like, it's like, Oh, I'm not like artsy or like, I can't draw or something. So I'm not creative. But, um, I had like a, a few different leadership classes that like, since yep. it is like a huge kind of, uh, like a leadership trait that you kind of market about yourself that you are uh, creative and have different things like that. And the way that they kind of flip the script for me is that like, I have my own very unique like life experiences and interests and all that stuff that makes me into like a creative person because I have sure. a very unique kind of just mixture of things that make me into somebody that, you know, is going to have very different ideas than uh, someone else and stuff. So that was kind of like a neat way of like, Oh yeah. Okay. Like I'm a, my, my, you know, my own <laughs> unique person. I can come up yeah. with like creative stuff. Like, um, yeah, what we would always say is it's not how much you're creative. It's how you're creative. Yeah. yeah that's, a, that's a great way to put it. Yeah. 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 Cause I think that is like how people get limited is that like, like, yeah, well I can't like draw or something. I can't like make art, but it's like, like there's other ways. It's not like Definitely. how it's like, yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah I think <laughs> I don't want to. Yeah. Ruth, uh, Ruth, yeah. Uh, Ruth Noller was the, uh, one of the early, uh, woman mathematicians and created a formula for, um, what creativity is and it's your function of your attitude times your knowledge, times your ability to imagine, times your ability to evaluate. Um, and what that basically says is anyone's creative, right? It depends on what your attitude towards that is, how much knowledge and experiences, which was what you were talking about, being unique and having your own experiences, um, times your imagination, which is interesting because the brain can only come up with new things based on stuff it's already learned. Mm -hmm. So your ability to, Im to imagine is constrained by what you already know. Uh, and then times your ability to evaluate. And there's a lot of people that are like, oh, I'm not right-brained, I'm left-brained. But creativity is the perfect mix of both in that you want to be able to brainstorm with the right brain as far as you can go and then use the left brain to pick out which ones are the right ones to move forward or go with. Mm -hmm. So the overall creative process is something that's very much mixed left and right-brained and takes in the existing experiences and very much shows that it's up to each individual person uh, in the ways they want to be creative. Yeah. I like that this has gone into like a like tangent of creativity, <laughs> but it's really good stuff, and I'm glad that we're talking about it. It's all very um, connected, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, well no, because like so we're we're kind of talking about the value that you know comes from uh, student engagement and maximizing that potential with you sure. know a tool like Check I'm Here. So to kind of like flip the script uh, for this discussion. I know that like a lot of professionals and faculty, maybe, you know, and just uh, different people who are going to be kind of the, the stakeholders of, you know, in, investing in a tool like this and um, utilizing any other kind of uh, different educational technology tools. Where do you think the wariness comes from and what recommendations might you have to kind of work with that and kind of work around that and kind of accommodate people's 
different perspectives or they might be very wary of utilizing some kind of newfangled tool and stuff like I don't sure. know what your experience is with that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, we have a lot of experiences with that. <laughs> We're introducing it to hundreds of schools around the country, you know. So, um, yeah, I mean, I don't really consider it to be much different than the wariness most people have with any new type of anything. Hmm. Basically change, right? People's adverseness to any type of change happening is something they've been doing for a certain amount of time. And the amount of time and knowledge and, and, and uh, input they have to have in order to feel comfortable changing or shifting or making that move. And it's something that um, the brain is uh, programmed to do. If you go back to the very early, you know, caveman days, you know, our brain is programmed to stay away from things that are different or new because of just a comfortability and a security standpoint, just, you know, safety even in general. Um, So I, I think, you know, there's an instinct to be hesitant towards change, which is why it's so difficult for any type of organizations or businesses or groups to go through that. And I don't think education technology is any different. If anything, it might be even more difficult um, because of, you know, how not necessarily, um, you know, this is necessarily everywhere, but universities and colleges are somewhat looked at, I mean, because they're governmental institutions as, as slower moving, um, somewhat behind. And I think that's from the amount of processes that are involved that the governments require and stuff like that so that, you know, people get very comfortable in the ways things are done now. So when we say, well, we don't need paper sign-in sheets anymore, you can swipe an ID on a mobile phone, you know, there's all kinds of things, whether that's productive or not, going through that person's head and just changing. Um, so I, I, I think, you know, there's, there's time that has to happen there. Um, and I think, you know, education has always been something that's been very hands-on and, you know, tech can be viewed as something from a perspective of the people in education as something that could remove that hands-on feeling, especially from what they've, they've seen and perceived with Facebook and Twitter and Snapchat and all these other social networking tools. Um, you know, with Check I'm Here in general, we believe that our tech helps create more real communities and opportunities that are hands-on. You know, we're not trying to replace any type of social network or replace any forms of real communication, but using technology in ways that don't change any existing behavior, um, but increases real-time and real-world communication and real-life, you know, hands-on programs and and everything like that. And, you know, we have a term we call um, removing barriers to involvement. Um, so there's no like login process for students. There's no um, steps they have to go through to see what's going on. It takes very little amount of time to you know look at the app, see what's happening, and go to those events. Um, so I, I think it's 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 talking about the technology in a way that's accessible and um, feels like it's not changing what's already happening, but assisting in creating more opportunities for students and professionals at the institutions. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause I think, yeah, I mean, it's, it's really, um, I think using like the word, like a, it's a tool, you know, like it's something that's going to yes. supplement like what's happening yet. Like that, you know, uh, utilize an, an app like this, it's getting people to, you know, interact in real life at an event, you know, it's like trying to make sure that people know like what's going on, you know, like, Hey, like there's this, you know, party on the quad of like, you know, there's a bouncy castle and stuff. It's like, we're just trying to make sure that you know about that and that you can go to it and that you can like know all the information about it so that, you know, sure. it's not, yeah, like you're not trying to like 
pull people away or change systems and stuff like it's you know exactly um, yeah it's just like supplementing what's really going on or already going on definitely um, so yeah, so I think yeah, that's a that's a cool way to, to put it, and just like, um, and it's, it's just, like a lot of like I think it's just kind of so refreshing and like interesting to me that a lot of your answers are like going into like brain dynamics and just like that kind of stuff. Like, is that like a thing that you really you you kind of pull in to really like kind of uh, inform your efforts of uh, kind of I don't know stuff like business wide, or is it just like in terms of conveying like the the value of the app? You really try to get into people. Uh, people's brains and stuff. I don't know. What um, I think it is very much both. Um, you know, a lot of this stuff tends to be intuitive. People feel like this is the right way to do it. And then, you know, we find the research and understand why we feel that way and what, you know, to back up the intuitiveness of the, you know, the theory or whatever that is. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it does. I, I think it's a good catch. A, a lot of it really does come down to the brain and the way people think and feel. Um, and whether it's, you know, how people solve problems or how they're creative or removing barriers to involvement or not changing behaviors and making it more accessible, I think all that plays on perception and how people feel about that change or what's happening. Um, and, you know, it, one of the biggest issues in student engagement is competition. There's so much happening at the institution um, as well as off the institution and in people's lives that, you know, you got to understand what makes people do things or what drives them or what's interesting and make sure that you either create things that are or help them understand how the things that exist are already interesting for them. And I think, you know, it's, it's all, a lot of it's psychology and a lot of it comes down to marketing, which obviously is psychology as well. So... Um, I think, you know, making sure that our foundation and focus is backed by, you know, real science or whatever you want to call it, um, you know, just makes sense. Yeah. Um, well, it just makes me think that like, uh, from doing any of those kind of like, uh, personality inventory sort of things sure. like MBTI and stuff, um, I know, especially for like true colors, the way that I describe sort of what my personality is in terms of how they capture it, um, is being like logically emotional, like Spock, you know, like (laughs) that it's just like, you know, I use logic to inform how to be like emotional with people or like, you know, like, yeah, like if you get a lot of knowledge of like how brains work and how people's emotions inform what they do. And it's like, it's a very scientific, you know, perspective, but you're doing it in a way to be more like empathetic to people and those sort of things. So it's just kind of a a funny (laughs) juxtaposition and stuff. So, um, so what, uh, again, just kind of switching gears a little bit now, um, and looking ahead, what are you looking forward to, um, just with, you know, your efforts and check I'm here and everything are just like, I don't know how, however wide sweeping you want to get with it, but just what are you looking forward to with, uh, what's coming down the pipeline for you? Sure. I mean, from a company perspective, we're growing fast, we're hiring, so it's always fun to see new team members join and new roles created and um, starting to create more value. You know, we've always, we, we've always um, you know, taken a value-first approach in just being able to help in any way we can. If that's the software we build, great. But, you know, I mean, you've seen our blog and the types of content we have there. So I think, you know, uh, actually today we announced uh, Kaylee Robsham's our new community engagement manager. So we're going to be driving and building a lot more content there, um, reaching out to others to help us build that content and, you know, create more value for student affairs professionals and student leaders all around. Um, you know, obviously, hopefully, we see uh, more people using our software. Uh, but some of the stuff we're, we're looking at down the road without giving away too much um, is, you know, incentivizing involvement, so building some type of um, platform as part of our system to do that, um, building a lot more automation in, 
Um, we're getting excited about where machine learning is going and being able to use some of that to help uh, solve some of the issues. Uh, innovating some of the technology behind co-curriculars and where that's going and helping um, with some of the efforts from some of the bigger organizations and translating that down to something that can be usable at each institution. Um, and then overall just using the data that we're so fond of helping collect, structure, and analyze to solve bigger problems in student affairs um, and new problems that are arising uh, as well. So, you know, I, I really believe that universities, and this also relates to the question we were talking about before, but universities are a place where innovation happens all the time. Um, and technology should really be embraced the same way that we hope students should embrace what they're learning and will embrace and create the change uh, in the world once they graduate. And I think, you know, our software can really, one, be something that helps prove that as well as track and understand what those students are doing and how they're using uh, what they're learning and experiencing through all these things that we're planning on doing and do now. Nice. Um, I'll have to go give uh, Kaylee a digital high five for her yes. uh, new gig there. That's uh, very exciting. And yeah, like it is, sounds like there's a lot of cool stuff uh, happening. And yeah, just uh, it's cool just to see. Um, cause I'm just, I'm just, I, I admire what you're doing and like the, the other uh, kind of organizations and companies and stuff that are doing what you're doing. So I, I just believe very much in it. And it's just cool to see, you know, like you're saying, just kind of growing your team and just like kind of just continuously improving and the, the new things that are coming with that. Cause I think as stuff like that sort of permeates the uh, kind of the atmosphere around higher end institutions, like it's just like everyone's going to benefit. Like it just kind of incorporating this sort of mindset, like you're saying of, uh, like technology and stuff. Cause that, that is, I know like what I, what I love about college and why I like, you know, I enjoy being on campuses and stuff that it is like, there's always so many opportunities to learn and grow and uh, develop and, um, you know, new ideas come up and obviously like the research that comes out of, uh, colleges and universities and stuff. Like I just, I love that energy. Um, and yeah, I think there's, there's still even more potential to, you know, be that place in terms of like, you know, the, what happens on campus literally in the ecosystem of like getting students engaged with stuff. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm just, I'm rambling Definitely. and just like gushing <laughs> here, but, um, yeah, it's Very really cool agree. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what are, uh, maybe some resources of, you know, you sp you know we were talking about, you know, the science of the brain and things like that. I don't know if there's resources on that that you'd like to share or just other resources in general of, uh, any sort of medium or media um, that you'd just like to share that you think would be beneficial to the uh, folks that are listening? Sure. So um, in general, like student affairs stuff, I'm a huge fan of Tom and the Student Affairs Collective and the stuff they put out. I think they back a lot of the stuff they're doing. Um, you know, they're getting into doing a lot of books, um, which brings in more research as well. Um, I would also take a look at, you know, looking at student affairs, um, not that it is, but looking at it from a business approach, right? And realizing that, they have very similar problems and things to solve and do that a normal company would. Uh, I'm a big fan of inbound marketing, and I think a lot of the stuff there is very much backed by science. Uh, and, and, you know, the brain and what people have found. Uh, HubSpot is an excellent uh, company. Uh, just went public. They're, they're the inbound marketing company. I mean, they do all kinds of products around getting people to learn about what you're doing and get involved with it. And their blog is probably one of the top blogs I've seen on inbound marketing and strategies there and concepts. And I think a lot of that obviously is going to be written for business. But if you kind of if you read that and apply what's being taught there to student affairs, I think there's a ton to learn there and a lot of stuff that's backed up by very you know years and ten you know tens of years of of research that they've been doing. Um, 
And I think that's an excellent source. Um, Trying to think of what else. Uh, I'm a big fan of Dan O'Reilly. Speaking of the brain, uh, he's a behavioral economist, and he talks about, um, he has a great TED Talk, Are We in Control of Our Own Decisions? Um, It's one of my probably all-time favorite TED Talks. Uh, And um, he has a book called Predictably Irrational. And that's a book on how we make irrational choices so often and so um, consistently Mm -hmm. that they're actually become predictable. And that means that people can actually do things to make you make certain decisions that you think you're making yourself. Um, So those are always really interesting, um, fun, and you read those and you just start laughing because you're like, oh, that's me, totally. Like, I've I've made those decisions and I can't believe it's spelled out this clearly and understood. And, you know, every one of my favorites is um, he talks about in the TED Talk and the book is organ donors, for example. And he shows all the countries in Europe or, or you know, a list of them uh, and shows that in Europe, it's either like a 90% plus are organ donors uh, or 20% and under. And he said the ones that are higher, that are like 20, 30%, only got so far because they sent a mailer around to every home in those countries to see if they could get more organ donors. And he jokes and says, you know, begging only gets you so far. And, and, order, and organ donorship is 28%. Um, but he, he said it's not a matter of culture or anything, which is what you would think between the different countries, but it's actually the way they, dis, they design the form at the DMV. Hmm. Um, the countries that have a lot of organ donors say, check this box if you don't want to be an organ donor. And the countries that, that don't have a lot of organ donors ha- have the box that says, check this if you do want to be an organ donor. Um, so that data basically shows that it doesn't matter if you actually want to be an organ donor or not. It just matters how you word the form and whether someone actually becomes an organ donor or not. Um, that, that, that builds so many lessons in how to market and talk about things happening and approach, um, you know, getting students involved and reaching them. Um, and there's just so many other examples and stuff that he talks about. So he's probably my favorite, um, But yeah, I mean, I would suggest, um, you know, just doing some searches and looking up content with other things related to HubSpot, uh, Marketo and FusionSoft, other marketing companies that have very large softwares around that, um, I think have a lot of lessons to teach and for others to learn on uh, concepts and practices of getting students involved. Yeah, absolutely. That's uh, some good stuff. Definitely include everything we're talking about here in the show notes. Um, and uh, we will end as we always do. Uh, whatever final thoughts you have, so you end the episode with. Oh, very cool. Um, I, I I really think that uh, again. I'll kind of do a slight repeat of what I had said earlier. But I, you know, I think that universities really are a place that innovation happens constantly. Um, and just like anything else that we expect students to be open-minded and embrace and learn, I think technology um, and new practices are something that should be constantly tried. People should be open to those um, and realize that, you know, that's where everything gets created and innovated in the world is because people try new things and, you know, experimented with things. And I think that's really what's going to drive innovation and more success in student affairs. Absolutely. Well, I think that is a perfect place to just wrap it up. And um, Ruben, thank you so much for taking time out for this podcast. This is really 
it was an excellent discussion. I enjoyed it very much, and uh, I wish you all the best, and I will uh, talk to you later and have a good rest of your day. Sounds good. Thank you so much for the opportunity. This was actually a lot of fun. Thanks, all Dustin, right. and I'll uh, look forward to talking to you soon. Yeah, all right. Have a good one. Take care. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the podcast. If you want to help us out, leave us a review and rating on Stitcher or iTunes, or just share out the show so other people can find all the cool stuff we talk about every single week. Again, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on the Student Affairs Spectacular Podcast.